to the Punk Rock Doc Live. I am Dr. J.J. Kelly, the Punk Rock Doc. And we are taking calls from people, and we are taking uh, questions in the comments as well. So if you have something that you want to get off your chest or you want to shrink to help you sort out um, in a cheeky way, then call 515-605-9822. One more time to help me memorize this number, 515-605-9822. If you have questions about your life, okay, keep in mind this is entertainment only. This is not medical or, like, psychotherapy advice. But, you know, you'll probably learn something nonetheless. So, if you have a question about your life, you want me to answer it, call or put it in the comments. For now, we will start with my my Roz, my Robin, my producer in the booth, Christy Brower. Hello, how are you? Hello, I am great. I was at a lavender festival all weekend, so I'm very zen. Great. Huff that lavender, people. Advice from Christy. Dude, it works. <laughs> I bet it does. Did you get your face all up in a bowl of that? Pretty much, yeah. Except you had to watch out for the bees. But it was gorgeous. <laughs> Great. Awesome. All right. So you said you had a question today, yes? I do, yes. Lay so, me, sister. We, my wife and I have decided that we are moving, and we're going to move about four hours away from our families, and it is the farthest either of us have ever lived from our families in our whole lives. And I'm 46. Wow. She's 54. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. We've been raising our kids together. We're very close. We currently live 10 minutes and 30 minutes apart, you know. And so there are a lot of big feelings around this whole I'm moving thing. And I I always tend toward feeling responsible for them and guilty. And I would love some, you know, cheeky advice about how to handle that. That's big, dude. That's huge life changing. I am sitting here with, like, saucers for eyes that that's the farthest you've ever lived. Your family. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, that's such a testament to your family, too. I mean, I think there are some people on the planet that can't get far enough fast enough from their hometown. (laughs) Oh, my God. As quickly as possible. Like, post-college. Go. Maybe post high school, even. So, I, yeah, I bet there are a lot of feelings. Um, however, responsible is not one. You said, I feel responsible right. for them. <laughs> hey, I wish we had video for this, which we're sorting out, because you would see the fucking full body eye roll I just saw from Miss <laughs> Christie here. Um, even though having produced my book, having spoken about emotional intelligence a whole lot, it's such a great example of how
how we get in our heads about things and we we start to mistake thoughts for feelings. That's a human thing. No matter how emotionally intelligent you are, how many skills you've learned from me or from somebody else, like we do that all the time. So you just say guilty, which definitely is a feeling. And it's that's an, I mean, remind me to come back to the guilty thing because that's a sneaky one that I would love to, I would love to like disentangle. Um, but what other feelings are you having about this? All we have so far is guilt, and I think there are more there. Oh, definitely fear. You know, it feels so. a little like stepping out into space and, and you know, overwhelm about, like, all the stuff we have to change and do differently. And, like, it's a lot. I have to kind of stay really, like, one step at a time focused on this. So that I don't, Mark. my wife totally spun out recently, and I'm like, stop, stop. <laughs> we can't solve any of these things right now. I'm trying to do, you know, one at a time focus, but it is, it is scary, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and I also think that, um, the way we experience fear in the body, a lot of times is a similar way we experience excitement in the body. I think those are like chest, abdomen, like your guts kind of stuff. And sometimes like a, like um, a bubbly, heady feeling too. And Mm -hmm. so I think that we're so programmed for fear, which obviously is super legit, super valid in this situation. So much unknown. Um, I think sometimes we can mistake just because we're so programmed for fear. So while I think both of them are certainly on board, and I don't want to, like, toxic positivity this shit either. Like, there is big-time fear, guilt. I would think there's a grieving process as well because, you know, I think moving is always a grief. I've moved a lot, a lot. And I think positive moves. I've always been happy about my moves. However, an acknowledgement of the grieving process, it's the end of something. So that the beginning of something. Right? right? So it's yeah. like when yeah. we're all excited and uh, a little scared about the newness of it, um, we, we, you know, we're packing boxes and there are all kinds of pictures and shit, you know? Like that's nostalgia city. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think we try to talk ourselves ourselves out of the sad part of it because it's so happy where we're going to. But grieving's grieving. The end of an era. Um, I think to honor that we want to do, you know, we want to squirt some tears over that. That's legit and valid too. And I think people skip over that because it is like a cognitive dissonance around it. Like, why the fuck am I sad? That's dumb. I'm I'm super excited about like it somehow cancels out their decision and then spins them out about like, oh fuck, maybe this isn't the right decision. Like you're supposed to only feel positive emotions about change. Give me a break. True. Yeah. When yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of grief around it and. And fear and, and yeah, it is the end of an era. It is the end of us raising our kids together, really. And, and there's only two left that aren't adults. I mean, we're almost done with all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird thing. But the kids are all spreading out. 
You know, we're all yeah. going to end up spreading out. I know we are because our kids yeah. are already what doing a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And what a lovely thing to have raised your kids with other people that you like. You know, the whole village thing. You have the village. You have the village. I think that that's, like, yeah. wonderful and how great for your kid, too. And them, the other kids. Like, God, that is such a win-win. So, and the happy's not going to end. It's just going to take a little more effort. Christ, we can fly anywhere. That's a right. four-hour drive, too. That's the perfect amount of driving. I think three and a half, actually, is perfect. Like long enough where you're, like, completely, I don't know, processing out. You're just separate from your life. But you're not, like, uh, get me out of the car. A great amount of road trip, you know. It still qualifies as a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. Um, Let's go back to the guilt piece. So let me just preface this um, so we can teach people. In the Get Real program, which is based on DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy, there's a concept of justified and unjustified guilt or shame. No one decides what is justified or unjustified except you, the person. So it is based on your values, your morals. I say values because morals sounds kind of religious, and I don't want to get into that. So values, same thing. What's important to you, how you want to be, how you want to live your life. So the idea then is that when we feel guilt, it's justified if we violated our values in some way. So you go and you apologize. You, you make it right. You eat your shit, shit, eat your shit sandwich is what we say in unorthodox ink. It's funny how many metaphors have something to do with bodily functions. Maybe I ought to take a look at that someday, but I'm not gonna. Um, so if you fuck up, go apologize. You ought to feel guilty. Guilty is the signal that tells us we fucked up. So go eat your shit sandwich with dignity. You can do that with dignity still. It builds character to say you're sorry when you know you fucked up. That seems to get lost in society these days. It's like you got to scramble to cover it up, which only causes shame. And I'm a big proponent of living your life in alignment with your values, if only to avoid the feeling of shame, which is incredibly yucky. So... Unjustified guilt is that hit of guilt that you've been programmed to feel, but you haven't even violated your values. You haven't even really fucked up, but maybe, you know, you're particularly women-identified people or people society identifies as women are programmed to never say no to anything. So why wouldn't we also be programmed to feel a hit of guilt if we ever do say no to something, even if we haven't violated our own values? There can be that hit of guilt. That would be unjustified guilt. So is moving here, back to, back to Chris, is moving in violation of your values? No. It isn't, so I figured. Mm-hmm. 
So is that guilt, is that guilt unjustified or justified according to your value? It's unjustified. You want to argue about it though? Not really. I mean, I know deep down that it's, I haven't done anything wrong and I'm not doing anything wrong, but there is this level of layer of programming, you know, that came from my upbringing about, you know, always putting family first and family is more important than anything. That's why people stay. That's why the community that I grew up in, it's not unusual for people to never move away. And so I know where it's coming from, but, you know, still, it's you still feel it. And so I'm, I don't know. I, but but I this, this helps a lot because I've not really thought about justified versus unjustified guilt. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done anything to hurt anybody. You know. Right. Right. And I have two points about that. The first one being, um, uh, well, I, I got to say the other. I wanted to say them in a certain order, but I keep getting <laughs> pulled back to um, family first. So. I think I'm really glad you said that because this is a point I've been making with clients a lot lately. Um, we talk about in DBT, reasonable mind and emotion mind and down the middle is wise mind. And that's where we make our decisions from. That's our gut, our intuition, um, our values. Uh, it's also like that optimal human experience of flow that happens in wise mind. So, so family first, if we're making a decision from our own wise mind, then we have to ask ourselves, what is the kindest thing to do for everyone involved in this moment? So you say family first and you feel guilt, a hit of guilt for moving. Well, family includes you. True. You know, when we... When we think about kindness, we think about our behavior toward others. And a lot of times that's not in alignment with our values about how to treat ourselves. The way we treat others is how we're supposed to treat ourselves and vice versa. Most people cognitively grab onto that. I don't get a lot of arguments about that concept. Yet all I see day after day is people speaking to themselves silently and aloud, in a very cruel way to themselves that they would never dare say to anyone else. And if you would never dare say it to anyone else, it means you know better. You know that's cruel. So how the hell do we get to a place where it's acceptable and even kind of like virtuous to beat the shit out of ourselves verbally like it's supposed to be some sort of American motivator or some shit. I call it verbal cutting. And I call it that on purpose because that shocks people into actually taking a look at it. Because the shit is so normalized, nobody thinks it's even as destructive as it is. Body image stuff. So the number of smart, like IQ, empirically measured smart people calling themselves stupid is it, it's so destructive to self-confidence and self-esteem. It just, oh, it kills me. So I don't know that you're, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying that the family first thing is such an in for me to talk about how we exclude ourselves 
from things, statements like that. Family first. You're a part of the family. True. True. That's a really good point. You know, like it's it's eludes us. It's not even on our fucking radar. That just I really, really like strive to change that in the world or invite a new way of thinking about that. So that was that was my actual second point was include yourself (laughs) in how you think about kindness, not just Christy, everybody. We all have to do that. I never, ever say those kinds of things to myself. That is a discipline, by the way. You catch yourself doing it. You stop. You don't judge yourself for doing it. You bring yourself back to a mantra or something that grounds you in the present moment. Uh, my starter mantra for everybody is, unfortunately, it's Louise Hayes. Uh, I approve of myself. That is not mine, and I use it. I'm not saying I approve of everything that she does. I'm just saying I like that mantra as a starter, and it's not mine. So I like to choose mantras that are, like, at least a little bit uncomfortable. And you and I have done this, too, with the mantras, Mm -hmm. like trying to change your beliefs about yourself, your life, your choices, whatever. So – in order to stop the real EEL of negative self-talk, just notice that you're doing it and then stop without judgment, without further swaying yourself for having done it. No, that's a win if you catch yourself doing it. It's a disruption of an automatic way of thinking. And then bring yourself back to a mantra. doesn't have to be that one, anyone. So that was a... Uh, Point two. Point one is there are very different ways to deal with or treat guilt, justified guilt, and unjustified guilt. If it's justified and you fucked up and you went against your values, then the obvious thing to do is to repair the damage. Go apologize. Maybe do something nice for them so you, like, get all the way even. I like the making up for it thing, not just the I'm sorry. And then let it go. Not a million I'm sorry's. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, where you, like, burden the other person you wronged with your own, like, guilt and shame dump. The treatment, quote, unquote, for unjustified guilt is quite different. You didn't violate your values. And you still get a hit of guilt, even when you're doing something healthy. So do you remember from the book or have a guess of what the treatment plan is for unjustified guilt? Can't place it, no. (laughs) Feel like I should. (laughs) No, you forget should. Fuck should. Eliminate the word should from your vocabulary forever. (laughs) No, you absolutely should not get it because it's not intuitive either. Um, It's so counterintuitive. It is literally do it over and over and over again. Do the actual thing that makes you feel the hit of unjustified guilt in order to get used to it, to build your tolerance to that unjustified guilt. Isn't that funny? I love shit like That is that. funny. And that makes a lot of sense because since I told my sisters 
sort of refrain from talking about it around them because I feel guilty. So I think what I actually need to do is, like, talk way more about it, and I, that makes a lot of sense. I love it. It's exposure therapy, right? You expose yourself to the thing that you're afraid of or the thing you feel guilt about, but you know that's unjustified. So you practice doing it more till that goes extinct. That that hit of guilt that's been programming, you practice it until it's no longer automatic. It's just like anything else. So I think it's so funny because any time I tell people that, they're like, holy shit, that's uncomfortable or that seems like that's terrible <laughs> because you're just going to cause discomfort. And that always makes me laugh because, hell yeah, it is. It's like somebody that's afraid of a snake freaks out when they see a snake in a book. And then they see a snake behind glass and then they hold the snake. Like that systematic desensitization shit, exposure therapy has been around forever. And this is yeah. a lightweight form of that. But you know what? I think the funny about it, too, when I discuss it with the docs or clients, I mean, even the advanced students, we have to go over this stuff because programming's a bitch. It's automatic, you know? Like, we miss it a lot. It's a blind spot. You talking about it is going to, like, normalize and, you know, build your tolerance to the distress of the feeling of unjustified guilt. Plus, it's going to do that for your sisters, too. They're going to get used to the idea of you moving because you're talking about it more, which I would argue is the kindest thing to do for everyone involved. I think that is family first stuff. Because then it's not festering, you know, we're talking about it. That makes a lot of sense. Right. I like that. And just because you're not talking about it doesn't mean people don't have feelings about it. It's still happening. Fuck. Right. Right. Oh, that is, that's such, I mean, I'm so happy for you. That is such a brave thing for for you and your family to do. It, you know, moving is scary. And, I, you know, I've done it a ton, not recently, but I have done it a ton. And it's scary every time. And it's exciting every time. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of changes that you don't know are going to happen, and that's what—that's the spice of life, right there. I think so many wonderful things are going to happen for you, having been brave. Bravery rarely backfires, dude. That's true. That is true, and it does feel like I'm finally doing the thing I need to do for me. And that's, you know, I'm trying to just overcome, you know, like, whatever, everyone else's opinion. Like, this is for me. And yeah. I know it is. And it's for the rest of my family, too, because we all want it. But I seem to be the person that breaks the seal on these things, have all my life. Mm-hmm. And the first person to make a big that. change. And then, you know, lots of people follow. Um, so, it's, yeah, sometimes it's hard to be the first one to say it. Oh, but, yeah. All right. Yeah, I and you get it. Then you get what you want, and that's awesome. <laughs> hmm And um, there's something that you said that I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. You you said you're doing it for you, and I feel the strength in that when you say that. And then, um, and then I'm thinking, yeah, you know, we have to be full up 
if we're going to help anybody, our family, clients, friends, it, you know, we can't be running on a tank with E with the light on and still help people. Like, it's supposed to be like we're full up and then the overflow is a very, like, natural and easy way to spread generosity. Otherwise, we're just going to burn the fuck out. And that's, that's, first of all, that martyr thing with, like, helping till we bleed, I don't believe in that at all. I think it's kind of narcy, too, to play that martyr mm-hmm. card. Um, and you know me. I'm, like, joy is resistance. I mean, black folks have been saying that right. forever. Yeah. I, I, ever since I was little, agree with that. I think that in a world like today, joy, experiencing joy as much as possible and liking yourself, that's the most punk as fuck thing to do. It's, a, it's an act of revolution to like yourself and experience joy in this world we live in today. So that's where this fucking train is going. I mean, I, and and I've been called naive my entire life, probably because I'm woman identified. Um, for being happy, people can see me walking down the street. They either like want to glom onto it or destroy it to justify their misery or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I've been called naive a lot, as if I'm not smart enough to be outraged. I am outraged about a handful of things at the moment. Um, And I think that behaving according to your values increases self-confidence, which increases one's capacity to experience joy. And if joy is the goal, then you have to choose that kind of behavior that matches your values every day. And that is disciplined hard work. It's not that hard once it's habituated. But sometimes shit happens in life and it's hella hard to choose it. But it is a choice. So it is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of knowing what's going on in the world that is why I'm a happy, joyful person. It is a choice. And everyone can choose that. And everyone can like themselves. There are ways, like emotion regulation helps you behave according to your values, even when you're experiencing intense emotions. I mean, DBT is the shit. You don't have to take it with me, but emotional intelligence skills, go learn them somewhere. If you want to learn them with me, drjjkelly.com, but don't not learn them from somebody because as we know and i say all the time happy people act right it's real easy to act right when you like yourself and you experience joy often um christy thank you so much for being vulnerable and honest like that i really appreciate that yeah i'd like that we can do the back and forth because then I can ask more yeah. questions or I can dig. And that was really cool. I appreciate that. Thanks. That was. Thank you. I feel better. I feel like I understand better where this is coming from and what to do with it. So right on. So 
I think we're going to cut it there, but if anybody wants to ask a question Tuesdays at 11 a.m. PST, I'm going to be off a couple weeks for vacation and emotions camp. So if you – what's the date on that Tuesday, that next Tuesday that we're – I don't know. I don't have a calendar in front of me. It's but the – so these, let's see. Oh, the 19th is when we'll be The back. 19th. We, yes, the 19th, 11 a.m. PST, we will be back. And hopefully with video, once I figure this out, we figure this video situation out. But thank you. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Blog Talk. Thank you, Christy. And we will be back the 19th. Thank you for joining us on the Punk Rock Doc Live. And remember, happy people act right. Mm-hmm.